0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com.
1: For decades, milk has been fueling women marathon runners as the OG performance drink. I mean, I call things
2: what they are. You know, there are names for things that are acceptable names in the dictionary.
0: Is there an example of a word? I mean, you don't have to say it, but you could spell it, just, in a, just so we have an idea of what <laughs> words you will not use.
2: I could spell it.
0: Really? Or I or could spell it. Or you could say it. I don't. <laughs> I want to give you any. No, I didn't know I could say it. I you mean, can say anything. Oh yes, you can say oh, anything. Really? Yeah. I okay. Promise. Like. Okay. Okay, like a penis. Is that permissible to say that? Oh, yes. You can say much much worse than that. You could actually say any word in the, wor- the world because we're not live. Okay, because, I, I mean, oh, okay, okay. Okay, like a penis. Okay, in
2: some books, um, there are C-O-C-K, there are D-I-C-K, you know, I'm yeah. spelling it out because even I won't even say it, you know. <laughs> but yes. anyway, but that's, you know, but if I refer, I, I will call it a manhood. In my book, I'll call it a shaft. And that's as far as I will take it.
0: How did you first figure out how to write a sex scene? Did you, because I, I, I'm thinking about it right now, and I wouldn't know in the whole world how to go about that. Did you do any research? Really? I've never tried. No, I, the thought terrifies me. Did you do you have to do really? any? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Did you have to do any research?
2: No. Um, I just based it on what I knew. What I do, I sit to my computer, and I listen to my Motown, I listen to my Smokey, I listen to my Chimp. Just close my eyes and visualize two people that are so in love. And what they're doing, I look at it as the act of making love. That's what they're doing. They're making love with their hands, their mouths, their bodies. But no, I never um, had a problem writing those love things.
0: I'm Phoebe Judge. And this is love. Brenda Jackson has written more than 120 books about love. She's been on both the New York Times and the USA Today bestseller list. And she's a recipient of the Romance Writers of America Lifetime Achievement Award. I started writing love stories
2: when I was in the eighth grade and I wanted a way to entertain myself and I don't know what your age is but I am 64 I will be 65 in February and I didn't put anything in any of my stories that you would not see on television and you're looking at 1967 I think the most they did was kiss and it was just a chase kiss
0: when she was 14 Brenda started dating the man who would become her husband. My mom and my parents, um,
2: pretty religious and their thing was a girl was not supposed to start taking company, as they called it, until she was sixteen. Um, the only place that we could even sit together was at church. Now, if he wanted to come to my church, he could sit next to me at church, but that was it. And I would Do points, loves points to him. And I got a going steady ring from him when I was 15, which I proudly wear today. And that was 50 years ago this year.
0: You still wear the going steady ring? Yes, I do.
2: My parents didn't even know I had the ring at 15. Did you hide it? Yes, I did. And I even had to pay my brother Hush money so he wouldn't tell my parents <laughs> <laughs> that I had it.
0: So would you put it on when you were in your room alone and then make I would sure put you- it on when
2: I was in my room alone or while I was at school. I would wear it, but I knew to take it off before I entered my parents' home. So when I turned 16, then it came out the drawer and then I wore it all the time. And they just, my mom says, hmm. You got that rain real quick, huh? I think she knew. She just never said anything about it because they all liked Gerald. It was very clear to me that I would eventually marry Gerald Jackson.
0: Brenda and Gerald got married a year after she graduated from high school. She was 19. Gerald got a job and put Brenda through college. She put her writing aside and majored in something that she thought seemed far more practical, business administration. She got a job at State Farm. I found the perfect opportunity to write a book when
2: I started traveling for corporate America. And I was stuck in hotel rooms all the time. I'm not an adventurous person, so when I travel, I'm not one who go out and see the city. You know, once I'm Deliver it to the hotel, I stayed there. I don't need to know how the city looked on the outside of those walls. And so before I traveled, I bought me notepads and notebooks, and I decided to write a story. Do you remember what it was called? It was um, based on Gloria Estefan. And I don't know whether you remember Gloria mm-hmm. Estefan and the sound machine. Always Tomorrow. I was listening to her song and I wrote a book called Always Tomorrow and it went it was only maybe a 100 page
0: novel. Brenda says she just wrote the story so she could say she did it. And then she shared it with her co-workers. They told her it was so good that she should try and get it published. My husband said, "Look, if you got to do all of that, you may as well
2: learn how to do it right." So he found out about this writer's convention in San Antonio. And he surprised me on my birthday with a ticket to my, a writer's conference. And I did not want to tell him this not really what I want to do. I mean, I like being in corporate America, but writing is just something I do for fun. But I wanted to make sure that I see what, you know, I want to see what it was all about. So I caught the plane and met some of the most wonderful other wannabe writers. That's what I called us, want-to-be writers. And um, I said, "Mm, baby, this could be extra money on the side because I could write these stories in my sleep. She sent her book to publishers, but kept getting rejection letters. And most of my rejection letters said the same thing. They were nice. Um, This It doesn't fit. It's a beautiful story. It doesn't work for us. And so I'm finally like, why won't it work for you? It's a beautiful story. Why won't it work for you? But they would never put in writing why it wouldn't work. So I went to another writer's conference that I knew some of these same publishers would be. And I cornered a couple of the editors who signed their names to my letters. And they said, um, it just won't fit. But I finally got one editor, to be honest with me, she said, I would buy your book in a heartbeat if you would make your characters white. But as long as they're black, I can't touch it. And I asked her why. She said, there's no market for black romance because most of America does not think black romance exists. And I was just put out. I'm like, really? Here I am, a woman who started dating her husband at 14. He doesn't forget my birthday. He doesn't forget anniversaries. He sent me flowers. Um, I'm living a truly romantic life. Um, Same thing with my parents, my aunts, my uncle. If that's not black love, I don't know what it is. And so she said this, most Americans, and I guess she was speaking at that time, she felt she was speaking for most Americans, um, are not interested in how black people live. And there's no market.
0: This was 1991 at the Romance Writers of America conference. Did you ever consider making your characters white to get published?
2: No. No. I never, because I figured love was universal, no matter what color you were. Because I had been reading Harlequin, and they sure had a blonde-haired, blue-eyed guy on the cover. But when I read the book, you could pretend or think that that's anybody. It's the love story that reached out to me more than anything. And so when I wrote my books, I basically made my heroines on Black Americans. And some of the same ladies I met at my first writers' conference when my husband bought me that plane ticket, we stayed in contact. They were getting the same type of feedback, and we could not believe it. And we Made a pack, me and some of the ladies. We would go to these conferences
0: and we would be seen. We would let them know we are here. They went to all the conferences: RomCon, Romantic Times, Romance Writers of America. And after about a year of this, one publisher noticed. He pulled us aside and he said, "You know what? I come
2: here to these conferences all the time, and you ladies. And it was a good." 15 of us during that time, black authors trying to get published. Y'all are the classiest women. Y'all come here with a purpose. Y'all are well-dressed. Y'all look good. And I believe you believe in
0: yourself and I'm going to take a chance on you ladies. That publisher, Walter Zacharias, started a line of black love stories called Arabesque. They published Brenda's Gloria Estefan inspired book in 1995. And our books, you
2: couldn't keep them on the shelves at all.
0: We'll be right back. Support for This Is Love comes from Indeed. Hiring someone new can sometimes feel like finding a missing puzzle piece. The right person can complete a team, but the search can take a long time. And sometimes it feels entirely up to chance. Indeed is designed to help you find that perfect match much easier and much faster. Indeed's matching engine learns from your preferences for job candidates and becomes more accurate over time. That means the more you use it, the better it gets. You also don't need to worry about the busy work of hiring. Indeed will help you with scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Listeners to this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash thisislove. Just go to indeed.com slash thisislove right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash love. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You
1: need indeed. Calling all female runners, it's time to lace up and join Team Milk. Since the 2022 New York City Marathon, Team Milk has sponsored female marathon runners nationwide, providing support and shining a spotlight on their unique stories, perseverance, and drive to go the distance. Why Milk? Dairy milk is an excellent nutritional add for both marathon training and recovery. Milk contains 13 essential nutrients, including high quality protein, making it a crucial component of a training diet. Plus, it's one of the best beverages for hydration, even better than water. The same electrolytes that are added to many of your favorite sports drinks are found naturally in milk. And in 2024, Team Milk is taking the next step to empower female runners by launching the only women's marathon in the U.S. designed for and by women. Built to be accessible, empowering, and community-building, the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon will take place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16, 2024. You can learn more and register for the marathon at everywomansmarathon.com.
0: The publisher printed 30,000 copies of Brenda's book. Brenda did all of her own marketing. She would leave copies by the hair dryers at salons and in doctors' waiting rooms. She bought a box of her own books and sent copies to historically black universities. She posted ads in laundromats. The books sold. And she kept writing. She woke up at 3 a.m. each day to write before she had to go to work. She would edit in the bleachers at her son's basketball games and ask a friend to tell her when they scored so she could stand up and cheer. Brenda still found time to teach Sunday school each week. She's very religious. One day she asked her pastor what he thought about her new line of work, writing books that involved rather risque scenes. And he told me, he said, considering
2: your history, if anyone could do these types of books justice it would be you and he's read my book
0: do you remember when you first started writing some more of those racy scenes being nervous about your husband reading them or thinking being embarrassed no um, because my very first book that got published
2: had a bedroom thing, It had a lovemaking scene, and he didn't read it. I told him, I said, okay, Gerald. First of all, I asked him, I said, okay, um, you know me better than anybody. So you know that I'm a very sensuous person, that I'm going to come through that way in my books. You sure you want me to write under my name? Because a lot of my friends, their husbands told them no write a pen name. And he said, your name is Brenda Jackson. That's what you need to write as Brenda Jackson. And that's what I wrote as Brenda Jackson. And then I said, okay, you know, it's going to have lovemaking things. But he would tease me once in a while because the wives of some of his coworkers would come and say, gosh, we need to go in and look at y'all's shower because a lot of things happen in the shower, (laughs) (laughs) in <laughs> some of your books. And Gerald would come home and he'd say, I need to find out what you're writing because some of the guys at work asking me, man, what do y'all be doing in y'all showers and stuff? I said, well, are you telling them it's part of your wife's imagination? They say, yeah, but they don't believe me. So, you know, we would laugh about it, but no, it never bothered him at all.
0: Is it true that your husband had a shirt that said, um, I'm Brenda Jackson Research. Mm-hmm. And, yep, he sure did. I had it made
2: for him. <laughs> Since he said it, I said, okay, I'm going to have this shirt made for you. So, At first, you know, he would say, I don't know what you put in the books, whatever. And then after a while, they, you know, the readers, when he would attend events with me, um, and readers would see him, they were just in awe. <laughs> they were in awe of Mr. Jackson. And so I said, hey, you might as well get credit, because you are basically my research. We would just, on the spur of the moment, take off. You know, we had kids, before the kids, or even after the kids. We would have my sister come over. we going going away for the weekend. Sometimes we didn't even leave the city. We would go across the bridge and check into a hotel on the other side of the river just get away.
0: After the success of her first three books, Brenda's publisher increased her cut of the sales. They also started printing more copies. She wrote family sagas, each book part of a long series, so that new readers would want to start at book one and keep reading. Titles included Cupid's Bow, Strictly Business, and Fire and Desire. She titled her 50th book, Slow Burn. To celebrate her 10th year as an author, Brenda decided to go on a cruise to the Bahamas and invited her readers to come along. Over 300 fans signed up. Gerald and her pastor came along as well.
2: After i have written over 50-some books, I said, OK, Gerald, I, want, I need to do something different. My niece, I think my niece came, Oh, auntie, this is just so blasé. You need to spice up some of your lovemaking things. I'm like, wow, <laughs> you know. I'm like, really. So what I did, I um, ordered some manuals, and I said, okay, Gerald, we're gonna we're gonna be the guinea pigs here. Let's see some of the things that if I don't like it, then my hair one won't, won't like it. It's okay. I'm I'm all in, <laughs> you know. So um,
0: yep. So that was fun time for us. <laughs> when, when these manuals arrived I mean, this you are a woman who's been writing these romance uh, novels And s- very successful I wonder if there were things in the manuals that you had never heard of Yes There were I mean, things
2: that were given names And different positions that were given names um, Some of them I, did, I knew about the position But I didn't know there was a name for it or whatever I'm like, wow One thing that a lot of my readers said that what they do is actually read parts of my books to their husbands because, and I thought that was really, really nice. And I would tell Gerald, I said, oh yeah, I got a letter from one of my readers and their husbands make sure they buy them a Brenda Jackson book whenever it comes out. And it showed them that um, just different things that I learned, different places a love. Women love to be touched, not touch. Things that they say that could be turned on, turned off. Just a lot of things. Just not just physicians, but it was just informational just all the way around. And, you know, I told Jiro, I said, did you know that one thing that is very sensuous is if, We share a glass of wine, but we deliberately put our mouths in the same spot. Something that simple, you know, without even saying a word, that's a message that could be sent. Say, no, I didn't know. You know, again, you learn things. And so it was very informative for us as well.
0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Do you think women have a hard time talking about enjoying sex?
2: Yes, I do. Some women, I don't. But some women, I believe. Because they have been programmed to think that, number one, um, that's what they're supposed to do. That there is no pleasure in it. Shouldn't be any pleasure in it. I want women to know it's okay that you have a body, that you were given these things in your body, on your body for a reason. And there's things wrong with feeling these things. And I think some women now are saying, okay, yeah, it's, why should he have all the fun? I mean, it should be enjoyment
0: for both of us in that. Do you have any any lovemaking scenes that you could read? Oh, Gosh,
2: yes, in every book. <laughs> yes, I have quite a few. Let me find one, okay? That's really good. I didn't know you would want one. Oh, yeah. So let me... Okay. Papers went flying off Shanna's desk when he pushed her back on it, lifting her hips and spreading her thighs, and then he thrust inside of her, consuming her entire body. Her inner muscles clenched him and clung to him, and the pleasurable feeling had him moaning deep in his throat. The desire to mate was fierce, overpowering, and he gave in to his body's demand. Okay, you want me to read more, or that gives you an idea? Got it.
0: I can see how (laughs) I can see how you're giving readers ideas. I mean, that's certainly not a bed. No one's in the bed on that one.
2: No. No, that's that's her office thing. Wow. There's you know, some some in the bedroom, some in the car, some I
0: mean, wherever passion hit. Brenda became the first African American author to make the New York Times bestseller list in the romance series category. Publishers Weekly called her a master, and USA Today described her as the indomitable Brenda Jackson. Gerald came with her to writers' conferences and book signings. He would stay in the hotel room and order room service and wait until Brenda got back. And they traveled around the country to research the cities where Brenda planned to locate her next book. He
2: took care of everything so I could write. I would talk over things with him and say, What do you think of this baby? Or what do you think of that?
0: They traveled around the world, going to China and Australia. Before a trip to South Africa, Gerald went to the doctor to make sure his vaccinations were up to date. That's when he found out he had stage 4 cancer. He died six weeks later. I told my
2: publisher I need to take a break from writing. I would tell him every day, there was not a day that went by that, I did not tell my husband that I loved him. And I asked him one day, I, you know, just out of the clear blue sky, we were somewhere. And I say, do you know how much I love you? And he said, yeah, you tell me every day. <laughs> you know, and I just burst out in the spot laughing because it was true. I hadn't realized that I told him every day.
0: But he said, yeah, I know because you tell me every day. Every leading man in Brenda's books is based, in some way, on Gerald. He has always come out in the main characters I write, I
2: think. It's something about every man character, whether it's something he may say or do, or when I see, even though I may give each one of my heroes a different look, in my mind it's Gerald, and it can't help but be that way
0: with me. This is Love is created by Lauren Spohr and me. Nadia Wilson is our senior producer. Katie Bishop is our supervising producer. Our producers are Susanna Robertson, Jackie Sajiko, and Libby Foster. Our technical director is Rob Byers. Engineering by Russ Henry. You can learn more about the show on our website, thisislovepodcast.com. Since we spoke with Brenda in 2018, she's written almost 30 more books. You can read about them all at brendajackson.net. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at This Is Love Show. We're also on TikTok at criminal underscore podcast, where we post a lot of behind-the-scenes content of both shows. This Is Love is recorded in the studios of North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC. We're part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. Discover more great shows at podcasts.voxmedia.com. We hope you have a wonderful holiday season. We'll be back in the new year. I'm Phoebe Judge, and this is Love.
1: Why do you run?